Do you want to introduce the guest so you don't fucking yell at me later? <laughs> no, let's not introduce the guest. I thought time. we were just going to open with the, the open-ended question of do reptiles regrow their dicks? Do reptiles yeah, regrow their dicks? Um, why? Where? Yeah, did you pull one off and now you're worried? Like, <laughs> just in case, you know, for later generations, just so that I know my children are safe. They regrow tails, right? Yeah, tails, but do they regrow other... Do reptiles have dicks? Yeah, must they Yeah, don't they lay eggs? I don't know. They need to have. Do they? Do people with dicks lay eggs? That that doesn't seem particularly... Yeah, because reptiles lay eggs, bro. They're like halfway between... Yeah, but even chickens got dicks. (laughs) Even chickens? What? They do? I would have thought chickens would have had dicks. They do. It's just very, very tiny. So we're uh, roosters, I guess. Yeah. Rooster, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. chickens, but like roosters. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear about the guy in Scotland who got a robotic dick? What? Whoa! No, what's he's this? got a robotic. Oh, dick? so check this out. So he was, <laughs> he was, was be, yeah, he was in a car accident when he was like a kid, like yeah. ten, eleven. Never had a dick, and then he got like a, an operation on the NHS when he was like in his mid twenties to get like a bionic dick. Okay. So he's got this dick where like, yo, he's never thumbing into softy because he just presses a button. <laughs> and like it makes it erect. And then because like it was such a big local news story, like the most famous local prostitute gave him a free shag to celebrate him getting a dick for the first time in his no life. No way. <laughs> what the camera crew in there is like, <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate. What competition no, it took wasn't, place? It wasn't like a, a, a porno, like yeah. Robocock. It was just like a, <laughs> just, just a genuine true story that happened in the news. No and they, they didn't film it. The camera wanna, is included. They interviewed him after the sex. Yeah. And it was just what, really weird. I want to know. Weird Scottish guy. Oh, it was great. I had a wonderful time. It was everything I expected <laughs> and more. Like, he's just fucking won the apprentice or some shit. Like, I made friends for life. <laughs> so weird. That's bizarre. I, I, I want to know more details now. Is it, like, somehow connected to his nervous system? Or what? what? Is there yeah. pleasure associated? Does it extend yeah, it's like, like you know how like you get the phantom arms, yeah. or like the bionic arms. It's just a bionic dick in that yeah. regards. It's connected to its. Nose. I have two it's questions just, back I guess, now. I don't know how advanced those are now. What? One does it extend like Inspector Gadget? Yeah, I don't think he can just like whip out a dick at will. Like just like presses the turbo button and he just. Okay, we need an extra two inches here. Yeah, he presses the turbo button, just pops out her front. Second question. What competition took place to establish the number one prostitute to fuck him? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I may have I may have uh, touched that bit of the story up. She was just like a famous prostitute in the area. I don't think she'd won like I don't think she had an accolade. Top zero point one percent. A house for like a session, and yeah, she's got like a little trophy on the wall with her name etched on to Silver only fans number play. one prostitute in Kakaldi. <laughs> she was just a famous prostitute in the area. She wanted some clout. Yeah. Want to do a guy a favor? Everybody's happy. Everyone's a winner, baby. Does he use ejaculation as like a defense mechanism? This is one like thing a, I don't know. Like I don't know if he's like a squid. Like he just ejaculates yeah, like fucking ink, or he's got to like top that up or some shit. I don't know how that works. Uh, reloaded. He needs how does he to wash it? <laughs> he gets out yeah. of traffic tickets or just squirting the guy's the policeman's <laughs> face. Yeah, but this is a lie. He's just got a super soaker that he sellotape to his yeah. pants, and that's what he keeps there. <laughs> that's insane. Makes me want to chop my own dick off and go for that. Too, yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> I want to have course. buttons for my dick. I want to have buttons. <laughs> Get as hammered as you like. Never Imagine worry about the anything. next generation can swirl around and shit, do all the moves. Bro, there's <laughs> going to be a business in this. Bionic dicks. 
Imagine having two just left. Imagine having two. You can go wild now. Now that they did it and it works, it's just going to go wild. Yeah. I'm surprised Elon Musk hasn't invested in this shit yet. Sure, he has. Give him a few more years. Nah, man. He's already facing like sexual harassment charges or flight attendants. Yeah. Can you imagine how much worse that would be if he'd be like, name anything that's weird about me if I did sexually harass you? And she's like, you have a robot dick. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm rumbled. I'm rumbled. It's just for a joke. It's just for a joke. Robocop. Look. Yeah. Is there actually any serious... I just saw an article which is like not properly sourced. And Yo, in this day and age, I don't yeah. even know how you I, like... How you say if these things are true or not. There's so right. many like Chinese whispers out there. Sure, papers I, will share anything to share at first as opposed to... Yeah. Like, another paper has shared it. The rest of the papers will share it. That's claim, true. They just reprint We don't need thing. to fact check it. It's their story. Yeah. So somebody said it. It's in all the main papers. I... Uh, but is, is there a legal case I'm saying? Is, is there... You don't know. I, yeah, I think there is a legal yeah? case. Okay. There was definitely not. But I think she's taking Tesla court or something. Okay. Because, yeah. Or SpaceX. I, think I thought the whole like case a, was because they paid off a settlement earlier or something. And I think that was the claim. They found out that uh, Tesla paid this lady to shut the yeah. fuck up. I like the little detail that was in the article is that he offered to buy her a horse. What? Some real billionaire shit. It's like, yeah, he's like requesting, you know, special full body massage or whatever. And one of the things he supposedly said was that he would buy her a horse. Can you imagine like, having so much money you could trade a horse for a hand job? Yeah. <laughs> like my economy yeah. has not reached that level yeah. yet. No. <laughs> if I got a horse, I'm selling yeah. that shit for money. <laughs> not just any horse. It had to be something nice because she was apparently a horseback rider or whatever. So he's like, I'll get you an Arabian. He was like Elon Musk. Don't be like, give me, give me. A hand job will give you a horse and she'll just fucking donkey. It's <laughs> an absolute yeah. screwed up mongrel yeah. looking horse. <laughs> yeah, just with a nice coat over it. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't he just buy his own stewardess? I don't know. You'd think it would just be easier to separate yeah, that, wouldn't point, it? Just I'm have sure. stewardess who are hired yeah. legally and have yeah. just some escorts on the plane for your own fun. Yeah. What's this guy's I, name? The American dude who's like a poker, like he did a lot of oh, money. Oh, Dan yeah. yeah, exactly. What's up? He, Elon Musk, that guy I is think a he fucking can learn fraud, from him. Bro. That guy is, has, like, yeah, all his daddy's money. And oh, definitely. It. Is it? I thought he was like a poker champion slash oh, arena. Really? There's something. been a big review on YouTube, like last year, some guy did a video like an hour and a half. We're reviewing people now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Broke down the story. Basically. We're going to test it, unbox Dan Bilzerian today. <laughs> His daddy was a hedge fund manager and he yeah. made a lot of money busting out companies uh, in the 80s and 90s. So they would buy like a controlling stake in a company and then go sell all their assets, bankrupt the company, sell everything. So like like breaking cars for parts, basically. Okay, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So he made billions doing that and now that the kid is spending it. But he couldn't just say, oh, I'm... I'm 38 with a beard and an eight pack, and I'm spending my daddy's money with 25 <laughs> bitches in a yacht. No, he had to invest. Is that, is that why why he fell off? Kind of. Is, I, I yeah, yeah. Because I it was heard revealed that this years. guy really he has no poker yeah. skills. So there's yeah. been He's for years have been there's been like videos of like this guy doesn't know how to play poker. Like pro pro players just oh, really? looking Even at his that? play, be like, this makes no sense. Uh-huh. Like, this is what a beginner would do. How yeah. this guy never won. Fifty million dollars at a table, but he hires models in his mansion, and it looks yeah, like he yeah. looks like a nice guy. Doesn't look like he needs poker skills. I'm <laughs> yeah. entirely honest. Yeah. <laughs> but like a lot of those things sort of came out ten, twelve years ago. Like before, it was as in I was starting to put out these like viral videos, these in- influences, yeah. and like now we're seeing like it's all become a lot more transparent. Mm. But back then it was like you know Dan Bilzerian came on scene and everyone thought he was this legend and, and now it turns out he doesn't even know how to play poker and all these women are just paid for. There was did you remember the Coney 2012? 
Yes. Yeah, that was. I think that was like. I think that shaped everything that came after Trump, Brexit. Wait, what happened? Do you don't remember Coney twenty twelve? No. Joseph Coney. So basically, like this video, no. it was like the first viral video on social media, like ever. It got like billions of views, and it like showed everyone, but mainly pol- political scientists, how you can mobilize people using viral videos. Oh, okay. So this guy from America who knew nothing about really, he'd been there for like two weeks on like a volunteer thing, you know, like volunteerism. Yeah. Basically, found out about this guy called Joseph Coney, who's like quite a brutal dictator. Who like like led his own child army and like abducted children and then made him join his army. He's wow. a pretty terrible human being. And he made this really emotional, great video, quite heartfelt, <laughs> and encouraged people like we're going to find Coney in 2012. Oh, yeah, I think I remember this. <laughs> encouraged all these kids to like order the starter pack. So we all paid like 25 pound, and then like a month later we were going to reclaim the night and walk around the streets demanding that we catch Joseph Whoa. Coney. Like all these kids who know nothing about Uganda, who know nothing <laughs> about the complexities of the politics and how the sure. world works over there. We were like, yeah. Yeah, we will catch Coney. Like billionaires, like dedicated helicopters to the search and shit like that. And then a week later, the guy just went crazy. Turns out he knew nothing about Uganda. Ugandan people were quite offended by the video. And then he got hit by so much like viral fame, he went mental. And they just found him wanking in front of cars like a week later. And then he just went and got sectioned. As you do. That was that. Nobody went out and reclaimed the night. (laughs) To this day, Coney's still not been found. Yeah. So they did really get him, kind of. They broke him from the inside. (laughs) <laughs> no, the guy who they never started found Coney. the guy who started the who was the, the guy thing, right? in front of Coney? the guy who started the video that wasn't yeah. Coney. Oh, that'd be I nuts thought, if he came Coney out of the jungle like, oh with God. his child army just ran onto a highway, <laughs> yeah. still yeah. working in front of cars. That is a crazy ending to it, though. It, it almost seems like somebody wrote it. You know? <laughs> I think if that shit came out now, everybody would have like three conspiracy theories about yeah. it. Yeah, I wonder if that shit was even real. It was just like a big test, like a CIA's big fucking draft. That yeah, would not surprise me draft. at all. That would not surprise me Tip- at all. Typical psyop, yeah, whatever. Whatever outrage has there been? What, what outrage have you taken part in? What's the last outrage? No, nothing. I'm, I'm dead Fuck. inside. <laughs> <laughs> I try and stay away from that shit because, like, like you know, it's it's never what you think it is. It's almost never what you think it is, and ninety percent of it is a Russian troll farm. So, yeah, yeah, totally, man. You know, Russia try to hire me. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm a Russian. I was nearly like a Russian spy. Yeah. It's like Bro. part of my Edinburgh show. In, like, 2014, I wasn't thinking too much about politics, but I was aware that, like, Russia had invaded or at least helped separatists cause chaos in, in, in the Crimea, Donbass region. But mm-hmm. I wasn't really that close to that. It didn't really mean much to me. I didn't know much about yeah. it. And then Russia today, like, approached me to run a satirical TV show for them uh, where Whoa, I uh, only shit. centralize Western governments. And I, 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 I ain't gonna say whether I was gonna do it. That's sort of the ending to my fringe <laughs> show. Yeah. It was a lot of money. Yo, it was a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I don't fucking know anybody in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Now, the more I did think about it, like, but I would just thought, you know what? You, you can't really put this on yourself. Like, you're you're would working you? a job. It's a big opportunity. Um, but then, like, kind of, you know, eight years, six years later, or whatever it is, I'm like, oh shit, that that was probably more. That was, that was I was literally like a re- Russian weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. They were calling. Him, there was another guy, an open mic. He like did shows in Nottingham. His name was like Graham Kelly, I think his name was. Maybe not Graham Kelly, but something like that. Maybe it was Gary Kelly. But he was an open mic in Nottingham, and then he like left the comedy scene. I moved to Ukraine and started setting up blogs on like reviewing the different brothels in Kiev. <laughs> That's what he was doing. And the next thing I heard about him in between that time and now was like a few weeks ago when he got cited in Parliament 
as being guilty of war crimes Jeez. by making videos for the Russian army where they paraded around Ukrainian prisoners of war, two of whom were from the UK. Right. And I was just like, what the fuck? This guy was reviewing brothels. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a change? How did you go from that's, reviewing brothels yeah, to like a, quick a, a literal yeah. weapon of Russian mass destruction? That is a switch. Yeah. Did they want you to broadcast from the UK or they expected you to move? Yeah, they so. want me to broadcast from the UK. They do yeah. a lot, not, not just with comedians. They do it like, if you notice, it's all our most extreme politicians that go yeah. on Russia today, regardless of which side you're on. Like it's, it's Alex Salmon, who's a Scottish separatist. Right. Or Nigel Farage, who wants the UK out of the in EU. Form, bro. Sorry? He came to my sixth form. Nigel Farage came to my sixth form and spoke to the whole sixth form. Like sixth form is when you're 17, 18. Yeah. Okay. Like the last two years before you go to university, and they let. Do you guys know who Nigel Farage is? Sort of, yeah. I think so. I mean, so he set up UKIP, the UK yeah, yeah, Independence Party, right? Okay. So Brexit was his primary aim. Okay. Um, but he's also a very blatant, outward racist. Like, yeah. It's not very hidden. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's had a private conversation with him, yeah, he, that's he, he's like I one mean. of those guys that races in the first fifteen seconds of the conversation, Whoa. like like taxi drivers. <laughs> he doesn't south. do a little test, a nah. pinprick test first, some he, kind he, of like no, no, no. Litmus. The taxi drivers they do litmus tests. They're like, yeah. oh, this country ain't where you used to be, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they just leave it hanging. They just oh, leave, yeah. Polish coming. Anyway, so he was talking about yeah, but immigration, blah blah blah. And I started parring him. I stood up and started parring this guy. Like, what you're saying is wrong. This data is not has been disproven. Whatever. That's the fucking. You have a racist feces operating. Whatever. And the guy literally said to me, "I'll never forget this in my life. This is how stupid he thinks people are." He said, "I couldn't possibly be racist. My wife is German. <laughs> German. Yeah. German. German. Out of out of all nationalities." But I tricked him. I tricked the fuck because uh, he's talking about Turkish and Polish immigration, and he said something like, uh, "He said he literally said the difference between us and them is." He literally said those yeah. words, and I, I and I just said, uh, "I am not in your us. I am Polish," and just sat down. Um, there was no applause because this was Kent, and everybody agreed with him. So, uh, <laughs> There was actually boys posting on Facebook how inspired they were by his speech. I'm like, I should oh probably quit days. this fucking country Jesus. very, very soon. Uh, yeah, weird fucking guy. Raul, you're from uh, Newcastle? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. That's Is, correct. Do you still live there or no? no? Yeah, I was living in London before the pandemic. And then I moved back to Newcastle. I don't know. I like Newcastle, but I'm probably going to have to move back to London. Or my, it's just too far away from everywhere. From, yeah. So from and the, our trains are just, they're not fixed. Uh-huh. They will be like a thousand pounds on the day or something. So just no. the extra costs in the traveling is just killing yeah. me here. How far away is that from London? I have no clue. Three hours on the fast train. Okay. Four, three and a half, four hours on the fast train. All right, yeah, that's significant. Wow. What's the What's the most recent uh, uh, crazy story to come out of Newcastle? What happens there? And then no robotic dicks there. No. <laughs> no robotic <laughs> dicks. Uh, I mean, the two crazy stories I can think of off the top of my head that came out of Newcastle in terms of like local. Folklore. There's loads of interesting historical stories. I'm working sure. on history series about them. The Lion King actually happened there. As did the story of either Atlantis or Nora in the Ark. Of course, yeah, yeah. of course it did. But, <laughs> but in terms of just local hilarious stories, okay. you probably want to either talk about... We never rioted. We're a pretty small, tight-knit community. It's like the smallest big city, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it has a bit of a town-village-like mm, vibe where sometimes right. everybody knows each other. A goldfish bowl is sometimes what's called. People know each other's business. We never riot. Like, even when the London riots happened in 2012 and the whole country was on fire, Newcastle did not riot at all. Yeah. We have, like, a good, tight-knit sense of community. 
But then when we lost to our rivals, we lost to Sunderland in the football uh-huh. six times in a row. <laughs> and after six times we lost, the city just set on fire. <laughs> just a riot. <laughs> and then there was this iconic image of a man in a football shirt wearing a fucking scarf over his mouth. And he just like squares up to this police horse and then just <laughs> hits this police horse square no! in the face. <laughs> and the police jumped the guy, arrest the guy. It was, this, it was like just this huge picture. Yeah. Just like it was, he went around the country like viral because guy in a Newcastle just squaring up this horse. Like it's literally like on, on the other side of the octagon to him. Yeah. And so many things came out of this from there. Like number one, people started writing letters to the horse because they felt really bad. <laughs> Poor horse! Yeah, my friend has a joke about it. I think it's Andy Fury has a great... No, it's Andy Fury or David Callahan. One of the two. God, I really should be better at citing their jokes than that. But nonetheless, uh, they like talk about like, you know, what happens if they're like sending cards for like, obviously the horse can't read, but like, the cards are made out of glue. (laughs) Glue is made out of horse's feet. What the hell? On top of that, the guy went to court and his court arguments are just some of the best I've ever seen in my life. Like he's, he's in court and they're like, okay, so like clearly you look like you're wanting to cause trouble you're wearing a mask over yeah. your face why are you wearing a scarf over your face if you didn't want to cause trouble and hide your identity and he's like oh I, I, I had toothache and the wind was making my tooth go <laughs> so I was covering it's my face it's like well, of course, okay yeah. well quite clearly you're violent you hit this horse why did you hit this horse he's like yeah. oh yeah man I thought the horse was going to hit me <laughs> like he wanted to fight with me man yeah. And then the other big story was the, the, the Raul Mote story, which happened in 2010. Are you aware of who Raul Mote is? I know my name is Raul. I remember. I have no relation so. to him. I've joked about it a lot in the Northeast yeah. comedy clubs. I don't think so. The so Raul Mote was like, I don't know, it was probably the closest thing we have to like 9-11. It was like the biggest wow. global news Shut story. Policeman, right? or free. Yeah, but it was like for a week, we were just all over the European news. It was manhunt yeah. for this huge criminal. Oh, yeah, he did stay free for quite a while. Yeah, he was like quite, he was hiding for a long time. Mm. So basically, this guy called Raul Mote uh, came out of prison, found out his girlfriend was in a relationship with a new guy, was furious about it, walked over to the house, I think he rings the doorbell, shoots her, shoots him. Shit. I think she just about survived, but was in critical condition at this time period. I don't yeah. think the new boyfriend did. And then he just went on the run. Well, and so obviously it's like mad police warnings. Look, I actually got confused for him because the day he went on the run, the day he killed these people went on the run was the day I went backpacking for the first time in my life to Europe. No, man. Yeah, my name's Raul and I'm from Newcastle. And he didn't cancel your fucking backpacking. But, like, that's it. No, I just thought like, you know, it's quite obvious I'm not, I'm not him. Like, this yeah. guy looks like a roided up white guy and I'm like, okay. quite, this time as well, a very skinny Asian guy. I'm like, yeah. no way I'm going to yeah. get confused. In fact, I was literally on the boat. I didn't know what was happening. It was like, yeah. three days later, I found out about it. But my second day, I'm in Prague and I'm like having a drink with this guy from Swindon. We got on like a house on fire. His name's Stan, Stan Bonner. And basically, he went home the next day and he goes home and his boy's from Swindon in the pub. Are like, how is the, how is your backpacking trip? And he's telling them all the stories. And the last night, he's like, oh, so I met this Geordie called Raul. We got on like a house on fire. We got hammered, this, that, and the other. We talked about it. And then his mates are like, you do know, like, what day, what day did you say this guy arrived yeah. in the Czech Republic? He's like, this day. He's like, you do know, a day before that, a Geordie called Raul murdered loads of people and then just went missing and he said like for a split second he said he saw the pictures realised there wasn't a really white guy and it was like obvious but he said for a split second it was like one of the biggest conundrums he'd ever faced because like I mean on the one hand if you'd killed all these people that's a pretty unforgivable sin but on the other hand he was such a laugh (laughs) (laughs) he was such a good lad to drink with that I was just like I can't hate this guy (laughs) 
so he, yeah he went missing so he was on the run for like three weeks Jeez. and then uh the police eventually found him and this is the great thing about newcastle when these rumors start people the word-to-word communication is so much quicker that mm. fake news gets around but the fake news is always hilarious yeah like we had a footballer who got photographed carrying a gun it was on the front page of the sun Ooh. And the rumor, it wasn't true, but the rumor went round and was believed like wildfire. Yeah, true. That apparently in response to this, he went, I'm a gangster first, I'm a footballer second. <laughs> <laughs> and we fully believed this. Yeah. And so like one thing I believed, I remember my mum telling me, and I think it was completely bullshit, but uh, is that he missed McDonald's too much and that's why he gave himself away. He like, went into <laughs> McDonald's to get cheeseburgers. I think that was bullshit, but my mum heard it, told me. Yeah. But anyway, what is true and is all documented was that he was on the... He basically eventually got found in a field in like the countrysides of Northumberland. There was a huge police standoff and he was stood there with a gun to his head. Like, it was for ages. And the police wanted to taser him, but was kind of, they did taser him. And in the end, he did shoot himself. And oh. nobody really knows if it was for the taser. Because he, like, he was a threat, man. Like, even while he was missing, he walked out of where he was hiding once. Saw a police car, just walked up to the police car, saw an off shotgun, shot the policeman in the front of the car and went, you'll never catch me, and walked off. But, weirdly... While he was at this standoff with the gun next to his head, do you know who turned up? Ooh. Paul Gascoigne, the footballer. <laughs> Paul Gascoigne turned up with a chicken, a fishing rod, and a crate of beer. What? A claiming oh, that he knew Raoul Moat from when he used to walk, because he was a bouncer, he used to work the doors in town, yeah. and that he brought him a chicken, a fishing rod, a crate of beer, and he'll talk him out of it. He'll just go for a bit <laughs> of a fish, a eat some chicken, two of the lads, talk their problems Oi. over, have some beer, and it'll all be chill. Wow, yeah. okay. you can yeah. imagine everyone surprised who's in the yeah. pub. You got the news on in the background, and then this breaking news BBC bargain. Breaking news: Star footballer Paul Gascoigne has showed up to the standoff, the police standoff with Raoul Moat carrying a fishing rod, a crate of beer, and a chicken. Was he like Batman? Yeah. Don't worry, police, I got this. He, he actually came to one of my shows, and Paul Gascoigne, not Raoul yeah. Moat from the dead, yeah. <laughs> zombie Raoul. Paul Gascoigne came to one of my shows, and he told me how that happened. And he was That's like, insane. he's basically, do you know who Paul Gascoigne is? No. He's like a footballer. Uh, he played, he was really good. Really, okay. really good. Yeah. Played amazing for England. Played amazing for Newcastle. Played for Tottenham. <laughs> Local. Played for... Um, Concussions. Napoli, was it? Or Roma? He played for... Something yeah. Italian. Yeah. Uh, uh, he really, like, respected around the world for his okay. football skills. But he, but he basically was always a bit mentally ill. He was always a yeah. bit crazy. Fucking concussions. And you can't avoid left, that. Yeah, when he left football... Loved the drink. He would, loved the drink. When loved the sniff. Yeah, okay. Completely went just even further further west. And so he came to one of my shows and he told me how that happened. He was like, oh, Raul, i tell you what happened. It was a bad, bad period of my life. Uh, I was living in a hotel... I was addicted to Nintendo Wii. <laughs> I just really loved the tennis, but I was also. But I was also. But I was also addicted to cocaine. <laughs> I'm watching the news, and I'm watching this police standoff, and I'm going, "Ah, oh, this is horrible." This has nothing to do with me. <laughs> and then I take one line and go, "Oh, this is horrible." This has something to do with me. It's in the same city. <laughs> so I take two lines. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know this Raoul Moat bloke. You know? <laughs> take three lines. I'm like, that's my best mate from the door, Raoul. I'm bloody nine. He's my best mate. Take five lines. I'm like, I'm going to have to save me brother. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember anything for the rest of the day. I remember turning up. I don't remember happening. I just remember waking up the next day in bed. It's banging at me door like there's no tomorrow. I look at me phone, I've got over a thousand missed calls. I turn on the TV and me face, me name is plastered all over the news. I shout at the door, who is it? He goes, it's your dad, Paul, let us in. And I go, 
have I fucked up dad he goes you're fucking right you have <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so clearly there's uh, Newcastle's a a chill town with a lot going under the surface, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's wild. When you mentioned the the match, it's like, okay, they were waiting for something to. There's something bumbling underneath the surface (laughs) there, right? Yeah, it's it's one of them interesting, but everyone's a character. There probably is alcohol problems. I've even had Irish people come over and be like, you people drink to an unhealthy unhealthy level. Like, and if Irish people are saying that, okay, there's definitely. Uh, pause, going on. pause for thought there um, <laughs> so it's like all of that they like a good time they love a cheap buzz but it's also I'd say by and large a city that has grown but while it's grown in proportion I'd say the people's wages and living standards by and large yeah. in some deprived areas not so much but by and large wages are sort of matched growth rates you oh, know what really? I mean okay. I think that's where like real trouble happens in city like there's oh. funny violence there but I don't think you ever feel particularly unsafe in the way that you can do in, say, London yeah. or other places. Okay. And I think that's kind of caused from, like, you know, the economy grows, but not everybody fucking sees it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying that the populace is richer with, with growth, which that almost never happens, right? I mean, because I money funnels upwards, yeah, right? Yeah, they've so managed like, to stay in line with the growth. They're mean. not okay. struggling for their survival okay, that okay. badly. There are some areas which definitely are. There's still food banks and stuff, don't get me sure. wrong. But I think comparatively to the rest of the UK, yeah. actually the levels of inequality and the levels of deprivation haven't quite got as bad as they have in other places. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how many people roughly live there? Uh, if you talk about rough- Newcastle itself, you're probably talking only about 250,000, 300,000. Okay. But then in the outskirts, you have like, you know, lots of places that consider themselves Newcastle, but are towns or villages or suburbs associated yeah. with Newcastle. Right. And that would probably push up the population to, I don't know, maybe five, 600,000, maybe yeah. more. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the average Polish city, I guess. Especially it's the the- dedicated mm-hmm. comedy clubs. It's just There's the comedy, Stad comedy. comedy Club. Okay, just one. Which is uh, just the one, like, purpose built. Talk about purpose built yeah, 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, not 24-7, but, like, every well, night. Every night that's comedy. the Stan Comedy Club, and they're pretty big. They're, they're pretty much the reason I'm, I've am i made it. So props to them. Shout out to them. They, they really helped me uh, when I was starting with my career. Uh, there's also an organization called Felt Now, which is, like, the first ever socialist cooperative of comedians oh, really? to try and spread the work evenly and uh, it was basically set up in the pandemic uh, in an attempt to like set up zoom gigs yeah. just things that the northeast weren't particularly getting quick on like the podcast scene in the northwest would like have a word uh, hot water comedy club a lot of the things going on in okay. manchester is really big um uh, but even just running local gigs like there's so many areas of the northeast not necessarily newcastle itself place you can get to in 40 minutes 35, your Stocktons, your Sunderlands, your uh, Seams, um, your Corbridges, your Hexham, where, you know, somebody runs a pub, they would happily put on a comedy mm. night, but we just never made the effort right. to try and link up with these businesses and make these things happen. And so they're doing that at the minute. I'm part of that. They're really good. Uh, they've got a purpose-built comedy club in Whitley Bay as well, which is by the beach area of Newcastle, which is beautiful, but fucking freezing. Yeah, um, yeah felt for, it's called uh, Laurels, Laurels Comedy Club. Friday, Saturday night at Whitley Bay, but I'd say they're the two the two main organizations and the two main nights. And then there's Long Live Comedy, which is the open mic that's been there every Tuesday for about fifteen odd years. Fucking hell, nice. If you're going on tour in the UK, do you have uh, do you have that thing that like some some Americans do or like maybe even Polish people considering that you have a different set of material for I don't know, this region or for like going out of the bigger cities? Or, or particularly because I, I used to do a lot of satire in politics, and particularly yeah. like when Brexit happened, you just like I predicted Brexit right. 
to a percentage. Yeah. And that was only because I was traveling and asked the question before I do my material about Brexit. Yeah. I'd say like, who's, who's planning on voting Brexit? Right. So you have to consider what remain. they're voting there. Right? And then I would hear the response and then I would be like, ha ha. Okay. Most of you guys are voting Brexit. Yeah. Fuck the EU, man. That's stupid okay. as shit. Right. Or like, oh, most of <laughs> you guys are remain. Fucking Brexit's a stupid idea. Why are we doing this? What the hell is happening? But like, yeah, yeah. yeah I would switch it up on that. And I think like you kind of had to a little bit, but I try to find material that while satirizing the entire issue, yeah. isn't particularly taken aside which may be right. cowardly but how do you I'm do just, that with Brexit though it's, I don't so I just bring things like so I'd say one thing that like I kind of had both sides laughing was uh, back in the day it's a bit dated now but back then I would say like um, apparently Nick Griffin of the BMP mm-hmm. so Nick Griffin is the leader of the British Nationalist Party yeah. so like for an American equivalent like the leader of the KKK calling called Nigel Farage who would be a bit more like more acceptable, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Trump, or or I sure. don't know, like uh, somebody like Ted Cruz. I don't know somebody who's like that, right, but a right. bit more well spoken, a, a nice racist, and a bit yeah. less overt about the racist <laughs> yeah, yeah. aspects of yeah. it. Yeah. Polished. It was like, this was yeah, a true polished. news story. It was like Nick Griffin called Nigel Farage racist because apparently <laughs> Nigel Farage just wants to ban Eastern European immigrants uh-huh. whereas Nick Griffin wants to ban us all that's what he said <laughs> that's what he said and I was like talk about the pot calling the kettle a packy <laughs> now, the people on the left laugh because like I don't know if you listen you're Polish you don't quite get that it's like the turn of phrase the colloquialism talk about the pot calling the kettle black yeah. and so people on the left would laugh at that because they laugh at the irony then people on the right would laugh at that because yeah. they just laugh at the racist language like, I, like that. I'm like, I'm just here to do a job man I don't really yeah. care about yeah. much <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... try to get some money make this thing work <laughs> continue with my life alright gotcha you, you don't ever yeah. have that that tinge of doubt or like uh, that they're laughing too much at the racist jokes or whatever it is, you know, like that, like Dave Chappelle shit. Where... Yeah, I get that, and like I, I do get it, and I do get it. With like, cause particularly when Chris Rock said it about the the difference between the black word, uh, the black word, and the, <laughs> the, the black word, the, the N word, and black people. So he has yeah, that yeah. bit like, oh, I hate black people. I just hate. Yeah. Challenge mm-hmm. Gambino's a great bit about how like he, he wasn't allowed to use the N word in his house, so he just changed it to vampires. It's like, <laughs> oh, I hate black people. I just hate vampires. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. So like, I remember being like when I was eighteen and I went to Rome. I'm talking to some guy from Texas and he's in cowboy boots. And I'm like, oh, like I heard Texas is a pretty divided place. What's the race relations like that? This fat white guy just quotes the Chris Rock bit to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe racists are adopting this. I don't know. Uh, And you don't know. You can never work out what's going on in people's brains. I had a guy come up to me, and I have a joke where it's like, I'm a Geordie Indian man, or if you'd rather, a Newcastle Brown male. Mm -hmm. Probably wouldn't be much. You might know the beer from America, Newcastle Brown ale. So just a pun on that. Like it works in England. easy one letter change and like that is me Newcastle Brown yeah. male and so I did that in Sunderland and this guy come up to me and says oh I loved your jokes about your lot mate um, what was your opener uh, I'm a I'm a Newcastle fucking packy <laughs> oh, what? Oh. Man, that's not even a pun like, how do you get that so wrong like, that's not even right no, just what? reinterpreted it Newca- that's not a drink I've never had a Newcastle fucking ackee in my life Jesus. and like you can't worry about these things but I feel like it's yeah. twofold yeah, control it, right? I feel like you're not it's not your job to be the thought police or like babysit people's minds but also I feel like even if you look at that, that guy was trying to be nice. He was trying to be kind. <laughs> he got things horribly wrong, but I don't want to boil 
people's humanity down into words or, yeah. or, 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 or just how they perceive things. And I think in terms of that, like that guy probably never met an Asian guy in his life, probably never yeah. actually humanized or had a proper one-to-one discussion mm. with an Asian person. And I feel like me doing those kinds of jokes and going, you know, like we can laugh at ourselves. We're not as offended as the papers will tell you. Yeah. We're not all trying to ban Christmas and this, that, and the other. We're quite <laughs> happy to live in harmony side by side. I think that will do more for like actually winning over minds and imaginations than yeah. just sort of going in and being like, oh, you guys are laughing too hard at my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys hate brown people. That's why you're laughing at me. Yeah, yeah. It starts with laughing at my jokes and ends with me hanging on a tree. I know how this goes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think like, I don't know. Hatred for me is a bit more yeah. by the book, a bit more plain, a bit more straight. Yeah. And like, it does happen. But um, I think I, I would know the difference between people working people and like someone like Nigel Farage is like oh maybe I could use this guy to like sure yeah where he's, my where he's cynically exploiting all that like you know, or... you're so you lived in Saudi Arabia all your life by the way where did you have yeah, yeah, from? Yeah. I lived in Saudi Arabia all my life but I'm from Syria but you're from Syria so you're Syrian heritage you live in Saudi Arabia I'm sure yeah. you had some uncomfortable discussions here or just some discussions oh definitely where, and I think like in, discussions in the West, is a big word for people nah. yelling shit at you yeah. oh okay yeah, so that's, that's different statements in the street is different yeah. but say like you know the statements in the street you feel that and you feel the fear that yeah. comes with that and you feel that when you're like discussing something with somebody in a bar and they ask a question, okay, I think in the West, in America, in the UK, yeah. we're obsessed with these microaggressions and these mm. little catchphrases that like work as rhymes but don't really work as a actual argument. Like silence is violence. No, it's not. What? Like, it's absolutely not. Yeah. Like, if silence is violence, what are you doing for the Rohingya people? What are you doing for you many people? What are you doing for Ukrainians, <laughs> yeah. Palestinians, the Jews that are assaulted? And you, you could just go on for every single. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. It rhymes. It sounds nice, but yeah. like this is why society is built on what two thousand years of civilization, not one hundred and forty characters. But like we're obsessed with these microaggressions <laughs> yeah. in the West. Yeah, and like I just I don't think it's, I think you kind of just have to get over that. Mm. Um, someone someone told me. Uh, that the the racism, let's say in the U.S., most of the people who are racist. They're racist towards people that they never met. Let's say it's a brown guy. They'd be like, "Oh, I'm racist against all, let's say, brown people." Yeah. But then their neighbor, they know Rajesh. Yeah. And they yeah, fucking yeah, love yeah. it. It's just like, yeah. "Oh, Rajesh is not one of them." You this know, is right? one of the yeah. good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. And I just feel like too. telling those people they're wrong when the evidence around them clearly clearly shows they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's not a way that they're going to change their mind. That's just if exactly. anything going to make them hate Rajesh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can't hang around with Rajesh no more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fucked up my consistency. My whole yeah. character arc is ruined here. Fucking love Rajesh, man. <laughs> But yeah, I think you have yeah. those those meetings in public, this, that, the other. And I feel like, you know, when people ask you, like, where you're from, where you're really from, I can get up my ass about that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not worth it, really. The person's mm. just trying to find out some shit that they don't know. Yeah. Do you get where you're really, where are you really from a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah, particularly yeah. in Europe, man. You, 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 you oh, Europeans are bad for it. Yeah, <laughs> where are you from? England. Where are you really from? <laughs> <laughs> rubbing their face. <laughs> like Japan, clearly. Yeah. Did you spend, spend time oh, in Japan? No, no, no. Like oh, okay. <laughs> no, I've never been to Japan. Been to Iceland, North America, America itself, all over, Canada, Mexico, Guatemala, Cuba, pretty much all of Europe, Dubai and India. And I think that is it. Yeah. That's a lot. Fuck Did you do comedy in Iceland? Just an open mic. Yeah, it yeah, went really okay. well. Went really well. Yeah. Some stuff about Iceland and they quite like their dark humor there. Yeah. Was it at a it's fucking English language? <laughs> Sorry? Was it an English language open yeah, mic? Or, yeah, yeah, I wasn't speaking Icelandic, bro. I don't speak <coughs> no, no, no. no but, <laughs> but I thought maybe it was, a, you know, Icelandic uh, 
show or audience and you just came in with an English set. Yeah, but yeah. like, I mean, their English is better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in Iceland, the Netherlands, yeah, yeah. the English is better than mine. Everybody's at it where it's like weird like that. As I did the Netherlands one time. In like this village called Horn. So I asked my friend who lived there, who's married to a, a Dutch woman, like what he knows about this place. And he's like, bro, it's like the smallest place ever. It's like a farming village of 6,000 people. Right. Yeah. Like it's only known for the De Boa brothers who are two famous Dutch footballers. Uh-huh. And like they have a sport there where they pull vault over rivers. And it's like, okay, great. Whatever. <laughs> I can work with that stuff. Yeah. I can like work into material, just see if they're related to it. Like, yeah. And then I go in and then like I get told by the promoter that like everyone's really old there for a start. Yeah. Everyone's really old. They're, 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 they're. So that's my alarm, but it's in my bag. It will go off in like a second, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's always awkward when a brown man says yeah. that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Do you know what's more awkward? What? If you download, if you're Muslim and you downloaded the app for every single time there's a prayer. Oh. I, I had that go in embassies, in hospitals, in. <laughs> In fucking district offices, yeah, yeah. in my three, university. Three times a day, yeah. Or... Did you ever see the DJ who, like, uh, remixed that and, like, got banned from Tunisia for life? <laughs> well, yeah. You, I mean, you, I, would, I don't Newcastle. know him. I don't, I don't know what happened, but I would expect it. Like, oh, where so the fuck from, would you do I think that? he was from Newcastle. Or he was really big on the Newcastle scene. We had, like, a huge techno scene. We used to have the Swedish House Mafia play before they were even, like, significant. I will yeah. get back to the Dutch story, if you want. No, no, that's fine. But yeah. you remixed the, the call to prayer? So or, he went or to, just the... He flew to Tunisia and was doing a set, right? Yeah. And yeah, he remixed the Azan okay. no, to prayer into like no. a techno remix. <laughs> so no. you just see this video of what's quite clearly a white guy playing decks. The yeah. Azan's got like a thumping bass line behind it. And there are quite clearly all these Tunisian. It might be Tunisia. It might be, it might be Lebanon, but I think it was Tunisia. Yeah. He's like clearly got all these young kids whose jaws are just moving left, right and center. <laughs> so it's clearly ecstasy or something in, yeah. the, in their systems. Yeah. And then uh, basically like the next day, like the Tunisian like Facebook the police of the of their Facebook page and Twitter page put out right. a statement being like, yes, we're aware of reports of the call to prayer being remixed illegally. <laughs> what uh, the fuck? At, at some sort of illegally organized rave. Uh, yeah. We demand that they're like the DJ, I can't remember his name, like hands himself in for arrest. And the DJ had to like flee the country, like yeah. drive over Damn. the border and fly out of like the next <laughs> country and fly back. And like, he's now banned for Tunisia for life. And if he Jeez. ever goes, he's like in jail for like five years for like, insulting insane. You shall not remix the call to prayer, number mm. 11. That, never do that. Never. That's why I don't talk about religion. Try to avoid it as much as possible. And now we're back in yeah. it. So back to your we're Dutch about the story. Dutch story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget, like, that's the thing. You forget, but like, people like us, we can maybe joke about move on. But like, if you go back to Saudi Arabia, you could drop yourself in some real trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously it was a disgusting thing that that DJ did. And I fully stand with the... Uh, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Wahhabism for life. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what yeah. happens when you who know. Who told the, you to say that? Who that told look, you? look. The, the 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 Saudi Arabia have owned my football club for a while. It's been very enjoyable. <laughs> They've been real nice bring, to me. Like, Lionel Messi over next season. Uh, Happyism for life. I'm down for fuck it. it. <laughs> I'm down for it. Uh, you will get arrested. I will get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, give me my own camel and shit. Uh, <laughs> but no, like uh, yeah, the Dutch story. So go in this village. The promoter tells me that everyone's in Dutch except for me. I'm the MC. Oh. my job like bring energy in the room and make people feel comfortable that's yeah. it nice. and so I've just stood there <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you know like I, I do myself and I walk up to like clearly as I'm starting to talk to them I realise that they're so old that their English isn't that good I don't know when the policy was that they installed English as a mandatory second language so mm. that Dutch people could negotiate and get around the world better okay but it probably was post-war eh yeah <laughs> so these guys are all like from the war <laughs> I told them their English isn't that bad but some of them like 
Ray, I go to one guy and just like, hey, man, how you doing, sir? You good? And he just starts going, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! And I shit myself. I'm like, of course, this guy have a stroke. What no! <laughs> no! <laughs> his, like, daughter or somebody next to him is just, like, <laughs> laughing. She's just falling apart. I'm like, what's that? He's like, what he means is his English isn't very good. He doesn't want to be talked to. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> move on. But then, like, I'm bringing acts on, and usually when I am, see, yeah. depending on how much time I have in between the acts, I might do crowd work, or I might just do a joke and then roll somebody straight on. Mm. And so usually in a show like that, I'd probably do a joke based on what that is. I'm just watching, like, oh, that got a big laugh. I don't know what the hell was said. Like, what does yeah. any of this mean? And I just yeah. can't do anything yeah, based on what they've said. Like, oh, they were good, weren't they? Were they? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was tough, That's man, nice. but it was it worked. And uh, I had a good time. Took my money. Went back to Amsterdam. Nice. Would it be harder to crowd work in such countries where they're... Their culture is kind of like they respect their personal space. Just like when you talk to like them, what? where they like in Iceland, for example. Oh, okay, I feel like Poland is kind of like that. In but the Netherlands, particularly on stage, they're so unused to that kind of behavior mm. that they really consider you. Like in the UK, they just consider it part of your, it's your job. Like you know what I mean? In yeah. The, yeah, Iceland, they just think you're something they've never seen before. Just this wow. ball of extroverted energy. Because yeah. in Iceland and the Netherlands, they just they don't do that. Yeah. That's insane. That's like when we meet an American. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What the hell is going on in the context of a stage? Like, well, I have signed up for something here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have signed yeah, yeah, up yeah. to be talked. Dude, it's a live show. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah, but we're, we're they'll probably break all all boundaries and crowd work it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're probably looking at like, I didn't even know you could do this in life. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Probably inspiring yeah. for them. Yeah. No, Poland was like that. I don't know about the crowd work specifically, but mm. even the stand-up, just like yeah. 10 years ago, people were like, what the fuck is this? Why? I mean, a lot of comedians were even like, that are doing stuff now, they're like, oh, I didn't know you could do this, right? You could just yeah. go up on stage and talk sort of casually and then fucking people laugh or whatever. So, yeah, you can you can still get all kinds of attitudes, I guess. Mm. But I feel like um, in Poland, Eastern Europe is sort of like that legacy of like Soviet oppression. Sure. Which kind of means like there's just an extra edge to it where it's like, why do you want to know my business? Why yeah. are you coming yeah. at me? Yeah. Yeah. We're asking these questions, there's motherfucker. There's a little bit of that, yeah. yeah. Very much just keep to your own here. Where Quite a few in people Iceland that, yeah. In the Netherlands. Quite a few people you, legacy. you ask like, what do you do? And they try to, to give a stupid, funny answer or whatever. Like, well, that's in I'm Polish. Not, in, in our English audiences, that doesn't happen. That's, I guess not. In Polish, people come to be the star. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, why don't well, you guess? Well, yeah, there's fuck with English audiences but a bit most English people are aware that you know there is a stage yeah, yeah. professionals have the microphone uh, but you do get the odd person who's like oh I'm gonna there was a real big kerfuffle in the comedy community over an advert at the fringe it was like some lager or some beer or some alcohol who was sponsoring the fringe yeah this horrible cringeworthy advert where it was like book your trip to the fringe and then they had like this description of what would happen and it's like you're on stage, the comedian makes a quip at you, you make uh-huh. a quicker quip back, the comedian leaves, you jump the stage and then deliver the most rap. Like just somebody gone <laughs> and like being pulled up from the audience and then absolutely smashed the show like it was okay. Britain's Got Talent or something. And every comedian was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Some writer's you letting fantasy. letting these cunts sponsor the biggest <laughs> arts festival in the world? <laughs> you fucking serious? So you get removed, bro. That's crazy. Well, what that? was the uproar in Poland about the advert where they said uh, come for some uh, 
exquisite rape jokes or something with what Kuzo. they wrote something oh, about rape there's... jokes in an event description and some feminist uh, fan page picked it up and yeah, spread it all like, over the fucking they're like high school anarchists so I don't high school anarchists very, very I don't know accurate. at least some of the w- uh, girls that were commenting on it later it seemed like they were very young and didn't really know what the fuck they were talking about I, I don't it's, think it's sensible to put out something like that and whether it's tasteful or considerate or not uh, yeah. is it, but I, at the same time I find when people try and cancel these people or pull them down yeah. like it's often people in school you know, it's people who don't have to deal with the reality of a financial existence you know yeah. what I mean yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah. like having costs and don't realize what the consequences of taking someone's food away from their mouth actually is yeah no it was, I think it was misguided on both sides where like they wrote a description for an event that was supposed to be oh, hardcore controversial whatever so they wrote like kind of controversial jokes which weren't that good in the description no no and that. then i don't know if of course the people who obviously the people who comment on it and get the most uh, upset weren't even there so it's second or third hand and then they like graffitied some shit or it wasn't even graffiti i think it was posters on the club that that where the event took place okay and it's like so there were oh. like warnings it's like warning this is what's gonna g- be discussed oh, yeah, yeah that's kind of here. like what made it so silly <laughs> if you like, show up no it was more this. like this bar hosts rape jokes or something it was like aggressive aggressive oh geez from high school okay. feminists but it still did the show was sold out yeah <laughs> hey, probably wouldn't have one, been otherwise like things like that really help with your marketing and your publicity that shit gets in front of loads of eyes yeah. I have a guy called Evan Demeray he's a Canadian comic um, but he does like all over the world you know just people who live in a van type vibe he yeah. doesn't live in a van but he's always somewhere right. he's not Canada yeah. he's in Australia he's in Australia he's in Europe doing gigs he's doing the fringe and it was just a compilation show and he said something in the middle of like emceeing and this woman snapped like was uncontrollable it wasn't even like that big a thing and she left and like uh, the next day she came back with like she'd made her own flyers oh wow telling people not to see Evan's show because it was sexist and this is what happened to her in the show wow his show sold out for the rest of the run (laughs) (laughs) I'm not paying for that type of publicity it's exactly what you want Thank my you. whole Edinburgh show in 2019 was about me trying to deliberately get myself cancelled. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a route well, to money. Are, are, you on, uh, are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on yeah, Twitter. Of course, of course you are. Um, so you, you never had any shit, shit like that happen to you on? No, no. Unfortunately not. Twitter no, is where no, you, no, they get you. Not, yeah. not big enough on Twitter. And I'm a bit mm. too cautious about it on Twitter. Mm. I really yeah. should just start throwing things to the wind. But it's more just like... Yeah. Try to think like ten years ahead, you know, like what happens <laughs> if I end up doing kids TV or something like that's just the way that my life pans yeah. out or you know, I get some good roles and they're like, Oh, he said this in two thousand and seven, so we can't yeah. have him on this T V show. Sure. So I try and not put too many things on Twitter. In clubs if I'm given the license to, if I feel like yeah, I can a- dark humor and I move towards it, but mm. right. you can Oh no, these days fucking, you know, if silence is violence, fucking speaking is actual violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know At I the mean? same time, I, I also think it's like almost hard to say something that is, I mean, so many things, so many types of jokes have already been done. It's like, what's controversial? And actually, it's like the, the benign shit, like, I don't know, saying, uh, I mean, Ricky Gervais can, can totally say, oh, oh, a woman with a dick, blah, 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 that kind of joke. Yeah, his entire special. And nobody really gives a shit that much. So, I don't know. What do you have to say on Twitter now to, other than that, to get people riled up? Like, it's know. all been said at this Yeah, point. like pedophilia jokes or not, that's long gone. Uh, yeah. Making fun of religion. Maybe if, I don't know, maybe if, <laughs> if you expect a response from a radical jihadist or whatever. 
Oh, but definitely. Like, the only thing but, that you see, the only comment that you see, a lot of people try to avoid talking about Islam. Yeah. If you have witnessed. Yeah. I mean, there's like a whole Everyone. group of of uh, mentally uh, uh, unstable people in <laughs> on, on American Twitter that will follow you around if the right person retweets you or whatever. But it's actually, I think it's actually hard to get that kind of attention. You might as well hire your own bots and fucking <laughs> yeah, if you can just, <laughs> just get them to cancel That's not a bad you. Idea. Oh. Hire like an army of bots to get offended by your jokes. Yeah, uh, put yourself as the most canceled comedian. Yeah, the next do you know step. Like it's kind of weird how the pendulum sort of swung. Yeah. Like back in the day, like at least when I was coming up, it was like the Christian conservative right. Right. And it was like the Westboro Baptist Church and mm-hmm. like all these people protesting stuff like South Park and yeah. abortion mm-hmm. and all these other kind of things. It kind of shifted from the cons- Christian conservative right to the like anarchist left. I guess. You know so, what I yeah. mean? It's mm-hmm. people who are offended on behalf of feminism or yeah. ethnic minorities or transgender rights, but they're the ones now screaming, holding up picket signs and yeah. trying to cancel shows and shit like that. Yeah. I just find it an interesting switch. <laughs> I think conservatives still do their share of uh, whining and they have they have actual power, whereas these, uh, you know, I think they do. thems on Twitter, they don't really do much. Yeah. They don't have much I think they do push. and I think they, uh, they definitely co-op, but I think like they've sort of cultivated a st- this whole lot right thing sort of cultivated a space for itself of like oh you know did they cancel you come over here right to yeah, our yeah. warm arms do you know what i mean like yeah. yeah they've sort of cultivated themselves as the place of free speech and i don't feel like the left have particularly helped that's, that in any way like i feel true. like we've sort of been constructed towards it sort of sure i guess Makes sense. And, and for them it's like a badge of honor now almost right it's oh the mainstream media canceled you if i, if I can come over well, here even amongst <laughs> comedians it was always a so-called badge of honor being called a so-called comedian like if somebody on Twitter oh, gets right, offended yeah, yeah. by your joke and calls you a so-called comedian, yeah, yeah. it's like I got fucking tax receipts. I can show you I have been a so-called comedian according to the government for yeah. some time now, but like, not your government or shit. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not getting paid for this podcast, am I? So no. I suppose it's fine. It's leisure. But um, if you get called a so-called comedian, that was like a badge of honor. So from yeah. that perspective. The Daily Mail writing about uh, writing about you, or yeah, getting cancelled is sort of like badge of honor, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it does have like it does seem like it's some of the best craftsmen these days. Whether you want to say like that particular joke or that particular special wasn't very good, I don't think you can look at their body of work and go like that's not good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If Joe Rogan, Jimmy Carr, Ricky Gervais, and Dave Chappelle are all in this club, yeah. Like, I want to be in that club. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, a club yeah, of good yeah, comedians. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I don't do talk and funny with them motherfuckers. Yeah. They're also like, silence is violence, or these jokes are violence. <laughs> but then, like, Chris Rock getting smacked. Oh, well, he deserved it. It was abuse, what he said. Do you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait, how, how's actual violence not violence? Yeah. 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 But because he, like, took the piss out of Alapisha, that is violence. What? This is a very dangerous. Oh, like, no, I don't think fucking Putin has just invaded Ukraine with a bunch of alopecia jokes. Like, <laughs> he used violence, yeah. force. Like. No, it's insane. I don't think that's even... That stuff that people get on, it's not even, like... It's not even really leftists. It's just liberals that are, like you liberals, said... Liberals, like, yeah. Overly yes. focused on optics, because all the corporations do is, like, you know, change their profile picture to a rainbow, and that's, yeah, that's it. Uh, that like, counts well, as a progress. Well, Corporate wokeism. Do you yeah, know what corporate. I mean? It's yeah. the worst we kind. Money, so we're not going to talk about the actual class, uh, yeah. economic yeah, issues. Yeah, any of real issues. Yeah. This is our battleground. This is how we'll be good people. <laughs> and the world is yeah. all about us being good people. And then all the people you named, by the way, if so whether you call them cancer or not, they're, they're all doing fine. Like Joe Rogan's 
the biggest fucking They're podcaster. They're very big to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I don't mean cancelled, um, at least in its conventional sense. I mean, there's been yeah, attempts just, at cancelling them, but I wouldn't say that. Sure, like, it's not going to You know, happen. they never got cancelled. But if they get shot, you never know. Could happen. The guy whipped out a fucking knife, uh, a replica gun on Dave Chappelle. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It can't happen. They could still get cancelled. I mean, really cancelled. Physically cancelled. <laughs> I, I, so. I guess so. Cancelled yeah. into the next life if you're a Hindu. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they could get cancelled. I just mean like, I, I suppose... Yeah, I mean, some of it just to do with perception these days mm. and what connotations you add to every word. Like when I say cancelled, I don't mean cancelled like you mean it. Uh, you mean it like actually cancelled. Well, yeah, like actually mean? influenced your career. But I mean, you're I think talking it about career. I just think it, it necessarily like ended it or really reduced it. I think it did reduce some of it. Dave Chappelle was livid about how he couldn't get his movie out okay. in the aftermath of his trans thing. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the council, they've got opportunities, but I just mean, I think face an undue level of scrutiny, and yeah, I do yeah. think comedians face uh, a level of scrutiny higher than a fucking king. I feel like the clown is held to a higher standard than the king nowadays. And I feel like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is the That's, biggest, biggest yeah, threat that, to democracy. Yeah. That is ridiculous, like, you know, for sure. Jimmy Carr had people protesting outside of his show because he made a joke about uh, killing gypsy people. Really? Yeah, okay. the joke was um, everyone talks about the six million... Jews that died in the Holocaust, but nobody wants to talk about the 100,000 Roma gypsies that died because nobody wants to talk about the positives. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> it's from yeah. a show literally called His Dark Material. Yeah. yeah. If you watch the uh, show, the somewhere. opening line is him going, this show is all of the jokes that are going to get me cancelled. Yeah. This show is based on the premise that doing a rape is not as bad as joking about a rape. Sure. And if it is... Well, I'm going to prison for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole premise. So you take it out of Connor, it was really mean, but then I have all these people protest outside. Like a week before the UK government had banned the traveler way of life. What? Oh, okay. So the way travelers do that, how they organize that, it's got made banned? illegal by the government a week before okay. Jimmy Carr got cancelled for this that's joke. Wild. Yeah. And I'm like, why aren't you? It's clearly like a bigger issue yeah. at hand here. Yeah. And Jimmy like Carr, should, all Is this about cancelling Jimmy yeah. Carr or actually uplifting marginalised travel people? <laughs> Oftentimes, it's about cancelling Jimmy Carr. Yeah. yeah. I feel like because they can't tumble down the politicians or the kings. Yeah. But yeah, they yeah, can yeah, at yeah, least... Yeah, yeah. You know, like... The clown's easier. Exactly. It's like when you have a big project but you can't get it done so you go out cleaning your house or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. this is kind of like the example exactly. where it's they do it. Exactly. It's a subconscious thing to make you feel yeah. good. Not yeah, like, to in any way like yeah. conducively concert yourself towards building a Now here's world. what yeah. conservatives do or at least extremists. They do kind of the same but all of that pressure from the outside world they bring it into the inside and start, they start whooping everyone's asses, you know, his wife, his children or whatever, but it's private. <laughs> you see? Yeah. They cancel each other and yeah. eventually they might hopefully get divorced but they don't really end up getting divorced. They do kind of keep it inside. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, it's always remains under the carpet. Yeah. 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 Like meth fueled gay motel sex. Exactly. Smile but, away. But the Smile wife away. is like, yes, I stand by my husband. Yeah. He's a great man. That's the only difference. Yeah. It's weird. That is yeah. funny. I like that idea of of the political procrastination, though. Yeah, it's like, exactly. well, I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to go out and uh, collect signatures or protest, even though maybe we'll just uh, try attacking some assholes who have uh, a 50 person show in Warsaw somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I remember this open mic we used to go to. There used to be a grandma, uh, local, uh, not local, but it was local. Uh, yeah, this name, grandma, name she used to show up at every single show. 
She was, I don't know, 60, 70 years old. She never spoke with anyone, as far as I know. And whenever that we are done, she never left, mind you. She always showed up, sat in like the third row, watched all of the comedians, and then just disappeared without even yeah. like talking to her at the end of the show. And I'm very suspicious. Why would there be a grandma at the show? And she would never speak with anyone. So I would... Very suspicious. Is a spy from the Saudi embassy checking on you? <laughs> That's the least conspicuous one they could find. Got me nervous, Bro, man. Islam is like Voldemort for you. You can't say its name. It's you always in the back of your head. No. There is a lot of fucking no. face coverings. Like Kevin is involved somewhere along the line. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. I don't know. You never know. Could have just been a bored pensioner, you know, that had no fr- no friends to go to a comedy show. I don't with. recall. Yeah. Did she keep coming? Like again and again? Yeah, yeah. She's like Asian. Asian. Oh, she's Asian. Asian. That, that, old and I don't know Asian. Old and Asian, so you know she's like 100 years old, bro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall, bro. But I don't know if that changes anything. Yeah. <laughs> like Asian, like me Asian or like East Asian? No, like East Asian, like Korean yeah. and stuff. Like Asian. Vietnamese. I was going to ask if she's Polish, but then like, she never then spoke to anyone, so you don't know. She's you know? like Vietnamese <laughs> Then how the fuck you know she's 60? She could be 32. She could be 87, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know how Asians, they never, like, they're... You can find a 60-year-old Asian, but when you ask her, she's going to be like, oh, I'm 60, but what you would guess is she's like, she's 30 or something. Asians, they don't... They that was that's what, yeah, that's you guys are joke. making the oh, same joke okay. just, just <laughs> poorly. Apparently, I don't understand <laughs> English. English <laughs> comprehension <laughs> module. And then recite it back to him, but badly. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, she's probably a spy from uh, Kim Jong-un or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. They do have a lot of money for that uh, uh, crazy bullshit. So, but shall I have we? No money for food. Shall we wrap it up with what do you think about Warsaw? Well, how did you enjoy your stay? Did I the show love on Sunday? Warsaw, man. Thank you guys for the hospitality. It's been lovely here. Uh, you really get to see a lot of different sides of the town. The six center is very much. Very looks like the fucking you're on the set for Blade Runner or something. Yeah. Very dystopian. Very like futuristic. Right. Probably some great place to do psychedelics in. <laughs> a lot of lights. A lot of shadows. A lot of colors. <laughs> Uh, the bad part of town is pretty cool as well. I did the gig. I like that vibe. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go see the castle today. Comedy scene's wonderful. Burgeoning, growing here. As soon as one of you gets your own venue, sets up a Warsaw Comedy Club, puts that shit on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Killing it money-wise. Yeah. It's going to uh, be a, a, a duplex. It's going to yes. be like a comedy show and a kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only that's way you can make a profit. Fucking, you want you want to get heckled by someone sucking on his shisha? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a great city. Now, you know, if there's one thing I love, it's uh, you know. Uh, sleeping with a woman who doesn't have the right to an abortion so yeah one night stands <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Night, no availability of contraception uh, yeah. ready to be a father so yeah a little bit of extra <laughs> risk a great in your life, time yeah. guys yeah. great time I'm looking forward to my last day here yeah, <laughs>